Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Indie Elixir podcast. My name is Carter Bryden and this episode, as usual, it's been a while since the last episode. So I thought I'd catch you up on what I've been working on, what's going on with Forte, and I'm working on yet another new project. It's been that long. Um, so first of all, what I've been doing with Forte is uh, over the summer, I spent quite a bit of time uh, thinking about how people wanted to use this, talking to people, trying to get people onboarded and using it. And the feedback I kept getting over and over was that people don't want to list their help in this public listing where they have pricing packages and, you know, someone can book them um, almost like an e-commerce, like Amazon type of experience. Uh, I, I don't know exactly why, like the more I talk to people about it, they they don't seem to be able to explain that very well, but they don't really want to do it. And so what I have been hearing is that people want an alternative to stuff like Zoom and Skype where they can accept a payment, have a virtual meeting, um, and that's kind of focused around like freelancers and consultants and the way that they work. Uh, and they want to have it, you know, not something that another thing that you have to install their app, uh, they want people to be able to call in uh, with a phone and connect or video chat or voice chat and share their screen. Like there's all that stuff you expect in these other tools. Um, but the main things were they wanted features for freelancers and they wanted to be able to take the payments through that. So that's kind of what I'm changing the focus to. I think I'm going to background or maybe even turn off the public listings. I think that people, that that's just a tough sell and maybe I'm just not the person to uh get the market there you know like i think maybe that's that's something where you have to almost build the market and i don't know if i'm the person to do that uh, i haven't had much success so far so uh i'm going to i'm going to leave it be for now and just kind of background that and change the marketing focus change the features uh all the stuff to focus on this other uh side of things and i think that'll be a more useful tool for people um luckily i've already built most of those features um, they're set up for that. I have some people using them, so that's all good. Um, and so as I was working on that and that was kind of ramping down that way, um, I took on a little bit more client work this summer and I've been working on more Elixir projects for people, mostly smaller stuff. Um, a lot of it dealing with real time things, which is perfect for Elixir. Um, and so I've been having to deploy these projects and deploy them to client servers and on my servers in some cases and just kind of all over the place. And so that deploy story, um, even with the new mix releases on 1.9, has been not great. Like the experience has been um, tedious, I guess. It's not that there's anything truly wrong with it. It's just that everything's sort of tedious um if you go and you look up you know elixir or elixir phoenix deployment guide you'll probably see something like the digital ocean guides um which are great they work really well if you follow them to a t they're also about 20 pages long and have about 10 different spots where things can go wrong and so that kind of brings me to my new project that i've been working on uh which is tapworks and so as I was working on this stuff, I started thinking I need to set up automation to do this because every time I have to deploy these servers, uh, deploy new code, I'm using eDeliver on some, 
just distillery releases on others or mix releases now. Um, it was just kind of becoming more and more of a pain to set up. And every time I had to set up like a new database or something like that, you know, those are tiny things, but they're just tedious. And, it, you know, SSHing in, figuring all this stuff out, something goes wrong and then it kills the rest of your day as you try to sort out the bugs. So I started thinking I need to automate this. And Tapworks is kind of the eventual realization that this might be useful for other people too. And I might as well build this for more than just myself if I'm going to build it at all. Um, so what Tapworks does is uh, essentially it will take your code from your repo. It'll compile it to the target that you're looking for. So if you want to deploy to Ubuntu, you know, latest version of Ubuntu or a specific version of Ubuntu, 14, 16, 18, whatever, um, or CentOS or whatever you're looking for. At some point, I'd like to have a Windows server in there as well um, and a few others. But for now, I think it'll be Ubuntu and CentOS. Um, and so it'll compile to those. Uh, what it'll do is it'll let you set up app environment variables, config files, uh, so like your your dev.secret.exs, um, like things that you don't want to have in version control. You could set them up in Tapworks, and what it'll do is it'll insert those things all at the right time, so either compile time, uh, startup, runtime, like whatever you need those things, uh, wherever you need them. Um, it'll insert those things at the right time, and it'll compile it to the right target, and then it'll deploy it for you, and it'll start setting up things like Nginx, uh, if you want that in front, Let's Encrypt, if you want that, and it's a Phoenix app, let's say, um, Postgres database, if you want it, um, just kind of the usual things that, I mean, the main focus of this is on Phoenix apps, um, it, it'll work for any Elixir app. You just wouldn't use some of these other features like Nginx probably. But um, that's kind of the idea is if, if anyone's ever used, um, done anything in PHP land with like Laravel and you've seen Forge, which is a tool just like that. Like if you go and look up Laravel Forge, you'll kind of get the idea of what I'm going for with this. Um, I really liked using those tools when I work on Laravel projects and we just don't really have anything that's the equivalent in Elixir. And because we have to compile things and they have to be compiled on the right target, there's this extra layer that makes it difficult. And I think it makes it difficult for new people, makes it difficult for people like me who maybe are working on smaller projects. And, you know, every time I have to take a day or two to figure out a deployment strategy for, for a client project, that's like a considerable amount of time for the size of the project and the budget and the client. Uh, so if I can make this really fast and easy, that's going to be a win for me. Uh, and I think probably quite a few people right now are thinking about, okay, why not use Docker? Why not have, uh, you know, containerize this? There's, there's all these amazing tools for that. Uh, I have a, a few complaints using things with Docker. So first of all, Elixir is meant to be this like stateful, reliable system, you know, like this, this language that is based around Erlang OTP and having supervisors and things are reliable and let it crash and reboot itself. And it's inherently kind of stateful in a lot of ways. Like it doesn't have to be, but I find that a lot of its benefits come from being stateful. 
you know, when you're doing things in a stateful way in Elixir, you're often getting the best out of it. And Docker and the paradigms that go along with that kind of just are the opposite. They they contradict that strongly. And so the other the other issue I have with Docker is that usually setting it up, uh, like if you go to like Heroku or Gig Elixir, which are great for hosting stuff, um, they're also more expensive than I would like to spend on most of my client projects. So if I want to have two gigs on a Gig Elixir project, it's just more money than makes sense for my client, even though it's really not that much money and any you know large organization would laugh at that amount of money. But for what I'm working on, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I don't really like having to manage like a code base and all of this like container orchestration stuff as well, especially on you know a client project where I write it, I build it, I deploy it. I might not see it again for six months and to come back and have to think, okay, what was I doing in the code and how does deployment for this one work? And you know, what's the orchestration of containers? There's, there's just stuff going on that I don't want to have to think about. Um, and you know, there, there's little things where, um, I think there's been instances of people noticing that like the beam VM it's CPU hungry. And so it's trying to eat up CPU cycles, uh, you know, spare CPU cycles and use up more and, and, and do things faster. Uh, and Docker containers are trying to do the opposite. Like they're trying, they're fighting against each other. And so you just have, you'll sometimes get weird results from stuff like that. Uh, I've heard of there being, you know, kind of like overhead, um, and delays and performance issues that are hard, really hard to debug when you're using Docker. Like, I don't have anything against Docker in general. I really love the idea and I actually use it in Tapworks to compile the different targets. I just don't really want to run half of my client projects in Docker because I just end up with these tiny issues that get multiplied whenever there is a problem. I now have to figure out what is this issue? Does it relate to Docker? How do I solve it in the context of Docker? You know, little things. And I like the idea of Elixir being so self-contained, like all I need is the artifact from the release and we're good to go. You know, like it can be its own server. I don't need Redis. I don't need some other service to do real time. You know, like it just kind of does everything. And so I'm, I'm trying to stick to that as much as I can. And I think this will be really useful for people who are kind of in my area, you know, my size of projects, maybe they're new, to the language or development. Um, it's not going to make sense for people who really have bought into like Docker uh, ecosystems are really good at that stuff. Or if you have a large team, you have DevOps people like this is not probably not going to be the tool for you. Like it's just not, it doesn't fit your needs very well. There's more complicated stuff that will do more things that you'll need than I need. So the idea of, that's that's basically the idea behind Tapworks. And so if you're someone who thinks that you might need something like this, like I would, or if it sounds like this would make your life a lot easier for deploying your projects, um, you can head over to tap.works. That's the domain. Uh, pretty happy with that one. Got it for uh, pretty cheap. And I like the name. Um, it's Elixir and Phoenix on, on tap uh, <laughs> is the slogan, I think. So... Uh, yeah, what that's what what I've been doing with that is it's uh, it's basically a Phoenix app. Um, so there's two apps actually. There's the Phoenix app. I've been using a lot of Live View. Really enjoying working with that. Um, 
I've been finding that before when I talked about Live View, um, I didn't actually have a good grasp on how to think about it. You know, I was trying to fit it into these other uh, kind of paradigms that I was used to. So you have server-side rendered stuff, you have, or you have front-end with, you know, JSON API endpoints on the back end, and then you're doing something with JavaScript frameworks on the front end. And I just, I kept falling into the trap of thinking from those contexts, whereas Live View is mostly, you can think about it as server-side rendered, but you need to have some of the ideas like, um, like a Live View module is a little bit like a React sort of, it, it feels a little bit like React to me, uh, where you're, you've got events that kind of filter in and you handle those and then those filter down to update the UI and, and so on and so forth. Um, I really like it now. Like I, I can see myself building almost everything with it. Um, it's really nice that I can drop it in in little tiny pieces where I just want this little form to be a live view or I want this whole page to be a live view and it's like a huge complicated wizard that does a bunch of stuff and I don't have to write any JavaScript uh, on Tapworks. I haven't written a single piece of JavaScript and I'm using Tailwind CSS so I haven't written any CSS. I'm literally just writing Elixir and HTML in live view or just Phoenix templates. Like that's, that's all I'm doing. And it's been awesome. Um, I'm really, really liking it. Uh, so that's, that's making things really quick to write. Uh, most of the pain from this project is coming from having to work in kind of unknown conditions on other people's servers. Um, working with, uh, the second part of this, which is another app that is also an Elixir app that manages the Docker server. And so the first Phoenix app talks to the other one. It's actually on a completely different server because the Docker compiling and, and spinning that stuff up uses more resources than I want to use on the application server. And the idea behind this is that if there are people, you know, if, if the usage of this goes up, then I want to be able to spin up another Docker server or two or however many I need and have those uh, separate from the application. Uh, but I've got a little bit of Elixir sitting on top of that. Um, and that kind of controls Docker and then, you know, compiles stuff, gets the artifacts out. Um, and then the main application sends that all to your server, um, sets up your Nginx, sets up database for you if you need it, um, deploys your code, sets up like a, a service for you if you want, uh, let's encrypt, that kind of stuff. And then, uh, you know, later on, if you're deploying an update instead of like a fresh deploy, you know, it can handle migrations. Um, so those will be, um, I call them server scripts right now. So they're basically things that you can, you can just call anything you want on your server and set it up as sort of like a task, uh, that a pipeline in Tapworks can run for you. That's what the collection of all of this. So if you wanted to deploy an app to many servers, or one server, that's going to be one pipeline. If you want to deploy two apps, you're going to need two pipelines. Um, so one pipeline per app, uh, but you could have one app for many servers or one server with many apps. Uh, it'll all set itself up nicely. Uh, so I really like that. I have some use cases where I want to set up a server that has a bunch of Elixir projects on it. Uh, cause they're small projects and like a $5, $10 droplet can run them. No problem. 
and so for that, you have to set up um, like the Nginx stuff. I have to set up ports. I have to set up uh, like databases and users and all that stuff. And those are the things that are really tedious and I want Tapworks to automate for me. So that's kind of the idea. It's going to handle that stuff for you. Um, I'm really excited about it. I'm going to use it on absolutely everything I do with Elixir. Um, it's going to be super, super useful. It's been really fun to build. There's a lot of pain in sorting out how do I automate some of this stuff. Um, you just you run into strange issues that are hard to track down as soon as you leave your Elixir application and you start working in maybe it's Bash or Ansible is something I'm looking at for uh, the actual um, like configuration of other people's servers is I might use Ansible to set that stuff up. Um, that stuff can be painful, but it's been really, uh, really fun to work with. And, um, I I'm pretty excited about it. So if you're interested in that, head on over to uh, tap.works. That's the URL. And there's a landing page there right now. Sooner or later, I'll have this actually finished up and you can use it. But for now you can, you can sign up on, uh, uh, like an email list and I'll let you know what's going on. You can read the the sales pitch, which is probably much better written and than uh, I actually speak out loud, but uh, hopefully, you know that'll be useful for some of the people who'd be listening to this. Um, I think you know the audience here is, is quite varied, but um, I think there's a good chunk of you that are in similar places to me where you just want a good way to deploy your Elixir apps and you don't want to have to worry about it too much. And if it can do it really quickly and easily for you, you're going to be happy with that. Um, so yeah, that that's basically what I've been working on. I've also been working on some client projects where I'm making a lot of use of the real-time features and live view, which has been really fun. One of the, the uh, client projects I'm working on is a, a contact center um, for a school board. So what that involves is uh, they have like a VoIP system set up by a phone company. The phone company uh, can send out over just like a post request um, call events. And so they want a system that can look up the any matching student or family records for uh, when a call comes in. And essentially it's like a CRM sort of. So it'll pop up if they're logged in and, and they have their... Uh, their account tied to an extension. If someone calls their extension, it'll pop up with the information or the possible matches for profiles uh, of people that mat that might be linked to that phone number, uh, and it just lets them, you know, do things a lot more speedily than they otherwise have been doing. Uh, so that's a really cool project. Fits in really, really well with um, Elixir and Phoenix. Um, like it's just a web app that runs internally in their data center over their network. So you can't get to it over a public URL, but if you're on their, uh, their network, you can, and it's, it's been super fun to write. Uh, it's been interesting working with, um, a school board and, uh, you know, some of the hoops you have to jump through for stuff like that. I've gotten a taste of some more, uh, enterprisey feeling stuff working with the phone company and their team. Uh, getting what we need out of that, uh, a lot of back and forth and, and things that I'm not as used to because most of the things I work on, like it's, you know, like we have one meeting, we figure it out, we send out a scope, we, you know, like we get things done, we move really quickly. And for these, it's like, well, we'll have to talk to 
you know, this team and we'll, we'll get back to you in two weeks and it, it's slow moving, but it's been a really fun project. Um, and then, uh, you know, of course I've got some of my old projects where we're, uh, doing some online counseling stuff and, uh, we're actually, uh, uh, one of my clients, uh, has been signed on by the, uh, uh, Canadian government. So, uh, that's really interesting. That's a project that I, I started for them and, and, uh, I'm the team lead on that for them. So, uh, I guess I'm, I'm building something that's being used by the Canadian government now, uh, uh, officially that's been in the work for, uh, years at this point. Um, so that's cool. Uh, so yeah, lots of stuff going on with Elixir. Um, super, super excited about working on the Tapwork stuff. Really, really have been enjoying live view. Um, I really recommend if anyone's looking for a good, uh, some good kind of cohesive things to use with live view, check out tailwind CSS. Um, that it's just, it's honestly like a dream not having to write any JavaScript or any CSS. And I like CSS. I'm not one of those people who is against it. Uh, but it's just, it's made things so much faster for me and so much like so many fewer decisions I have to make where I have to think, okay, what is the, what am I naming this? Is this, do I have to think semantically about the class or this? It's like, nope, we're just using a, you know, like this kind of atomic utility CSS framework, you know, do I want the margins? Which margin am I going to use the medium, the large, whatever. Uh, so it's really nice. Um, and yeah, the Forte stuff for changing focus and that's where everything's at. So I think, uh, it may be a little bit before I get another episode out, but I'm going to try and get back on this and, and do a couple of month. And, uh, now that I have this new microphone, uh, you may or may not be able to tell the difference at all. Um, before I was using a blue Yeti and now I'm using a Samson Q2U, which is basically like the European version of the Audio-Technica ATR2100, which is what uh, Ben Ornstein of the Art of Product podcast recently tweeted out. He said, just use this microphone if you're doing podcasts. And so I had some Amazon credits, went out and bought it, and I've been happy with it so far. So hopefully this is this sounds good as a uh, trial run for this microphone. Um, so thanks for listening. Uh you can send me messages on Twitter at Carter Bryden. That's at C-A-R-T-E-R-B-R-Y-D-E-N. Uh, you can head over to tap.works to check that out. Or you can send me emails at carter at Thanks again for listening and have a good one.